0: Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. You guys, I have to say our team is just amazing at creating resources that hit. We have a free resource called 50 Calming Ideas using each of the senses. Hey, I use some of these ideas on myself. as a mom. We'll tap through to our show notes to sign up for that free resource today. And that free resource matches what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. I invited Lydia Rex, Certified Parent Coach and Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families and author of our newest online course called Sensitive and Intense Kids, which... Hey, is on offer right now. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. Well, Lynn and Lydia and I are going to cover in today's episode three important principles for teaching our kids calming skills. These principles come straight out of the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course. Does your child experience life intensely? Well, whether your child has a diagnosis or is uniquely intense, this seven-session course will support, it will guide, and equip you. Maybe even more importantly, it will give you hope. Tap through to the show notes for the details, but here is what the course actually offers. It offers a foundation of faith that heals and uplifts Science backed insights into your child's unique experience. It offers a trauma sensitive approach for children's complex emotions, and it offers an array of practical, real life solutions with insights from parents just like you. So, why am I telling you all about this besides the fact that today's episode is totally related? Well, right now you can get the course 30% off, which makes it $98. And hey, there's scholarships too, if that's needed. When you register today, you get access to the audio-only Think Podcast version of the content until March 31st. We only run a discount and offer audio-only access to the content once a year, and that's even for a limited time. So now is the time to tap through to the show notes and check out all the information. Well, I want you to hear a quick clip from one parent about the change that she
1: experienced after taking the course. Or what we realized when we listened to the session seven is that we need to model a little bit more like our emotions out loud or practice, what zones we're in more and role play that a little bit more. Well, if you feel stuck and discouraged in your parenting, don't wait. Sign up
0: for the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course today and join hundreds of parents who already have a testimony of finding a new way forward that brings hope. All the information is in the show notes. Okay. Let me invite Lynn and Lydia onto the show. We're gonna discuss important topics for teaching our young kids calming skills. So Lynn Jackson, welcome to the podcast again.
2: Why, thank you, Stacey. So good to be here.
0: I know. And Lydia Rex, welcome again, also. Thanks, Stacy. Excited for this topic. You know, it was what was it like a year ago that we were all in? Actually, a friend of ours's house recording the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course. You guys were in front of the camera. I was behind the camera because I was producing the show. Those were good days, weren't they? Intense. (laughs) (laughs) They were intense. You guys had to put up with me, like adjusting your collars and doing all the things. (laughs) Oh, it was good. What a great product, though. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to offer it to parents right now. And I was just talking about it in the intro. But today's episode, we want to dig into some principles that come out of the course that parents can grab onto as they're teaching their kids calming. And you know, there are a few extra charged topics that we deal with here on the podcast. For sure, anger is one of them. And calming is another one, which is really the flip side of tantrums. So let me just start off asking you, Lynn, from a parent's perspective, why is teaching young kids to calm down really so hard? Why is it so
2: emotionally charged? Well, especially with young kids when their frontal lobe is like maybe 10-15% developed and their fight or flight system is fully engaged and on board, they can just really struggle with big emotions. And parents have a desire to help their child. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, they're going to wreck things or they're going to hurt their siblings or they're hitting me or whatever. And we have good desires to help them, but sometimes they just don't connect well with our kids. And Jen shared, I made a calm down spot for my child. And after two years, I took it down because she never used it. So there's a disconnect between what the parents are trying to help their child with and what the kids are really receiving and able to respond well to. And that's a tough situation. You know, it's, it's kind of a combination of everybody's under high stress from maybe a child's sensitive nervous system or external stresses or whatever. And then you throw the baggage of the flesh in for everybody and it mm-hmm. can get messy in a hurry and hard to untangle.
0: Yeah. And then just discouragement, right? Like you mentioned a quote from Jen. Jen is a parent that you'd see a lot if you took sensitive and intense. She gave a lot of feedback and tried, tried things. And we learned a lot from her journey, but she just, that example is like parents saying, I've tried so many things and they haven't worked. I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. And we get that. And we hear that a lot. Lydia, can you say more about the child's perspective? Oh yeah, it's so easy for kids to feel
3: like mom's trying to control me. She's trying to make me calm down, right? And so that further drives our child's stress response. And instead of feeling like, oh, we're on the same team, you know, mom and dad understand, they're they're here, they're for me. Parents and kids kind of feel like on opposing sides, uh, trying to control each other. So I was just talking to a mom today who had really big challenges with one of her kids in particular and things just felt insurmountable when they started coaching and almost unrecognizable talking to her today and listening to her perspective after she's really just dug into just her foundation. I asked her, you know, what what do you think made the difference in these last couple of months? And what would you tell yourself if you could give yourself some encouragement three months ago? And she said, I would tell myself to trust, trust myself, trust the Lord and wait for the growth to happen. Instead of feeling like I got to fix it, I got to make something happen. Instead to slow down, take this step back and trust the Lord to help us grow together. And that's what we're going to talk about today is some ways for parents to take that step back and then to grow with their kids.
0: That's really good. I mean, that's one story of someone that you worked with with coaching, but I know you also worked with parents and kind of a small group of parents that went through the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course. You led one. So what have you seen happen in parents as they went through the curriculum?
3: You know, what made me so excited was just the confidence and creativity that, I mean, every week. I come to this small group with other parents of sensitive and intense kids and the creativity just blew me away. And seeing their confidence grow as they started to let go of the need to control the meltdowns and the challenging behaviors, when they let go of that need to control and fix, they could get creative in guiding their kids and building skills. And I saw them starting to realize their God-given influence and power to guide their kids well. That
2: was so much fun. I got to actually listen to some of the recordings from session one and session seven of her group. And session one, they were having some aha moments about just entering with a calm heart. But by session seven, they had so many practical tools and ideas and they were using them so creatively. It was really fun to see that difference over the course of the course.
0: Right now, you have the option. You can take the course as an individual or you can get a friend together or somebody, you know, a group in your neighborhood or something. And you can also take the course as a small group because we do really believe that learning happens best in community. We just don't always have that opportunity. So it's there for individuals, too. So we just want you to know that that's available. What I love, I want to tie this up to that Quote, Lynn, that you set up at the top, Jen, she created a calm down corner and she was frustrated because after two years, it didn't work. And Lydia, you were talking about this parent that said, you know, what would I do now? I would just wait on the Lord and know that he's going to come through. But both of these parents needed resources and they needed tools. And they found so many of those inside the course. And what I love about the course is that try one, tweak it. See if it works. If it works, great. If it doesn't, try another one because there's just so many there. And so all of these people that we're talking about, they have been resourced in a great way as they're taking the course. Okay, so this podcast, we're going to take one of those resources from the course and we're going to dive into it because we have principles for teaching our kids how to calm down. So, Lynn,
2: can you just prep what we're going to teach today? Well, it's gonna be based on kind of neuroscience principles and biblical principles of leading, modeling, and encouraging. And actually, Stacey, I'd I'd push back a little bit on your wording of it works, because really with the okay. goal to make something work, that means we're trying to control our kids. But if we have a goal to lead, model and encourage, that's about us. And then we can see how helpful that is or is not to our child. And that's what we're going to talk about. These principles of leading, modeling, encouraging your kids and these very important skills of self-regulation so that they can walk in the fullness of their sensitive, intense personalities in life. Okay, so let's dive into the first principle on teaching our kids to calm. Who would like to, to take it away? The first principle is model. Well, actually, it's model, 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 model. <laughs> we can't say it enough. <laughs> Repeat. We can't say it enough. Because when we put our focus on modeling, there's a, a message that the child gets that I'm for you. I'm not out to control you. My priority is calming down myself so that I can be kind and respectful to you. And then that starts the whole process out on I'm for you, not against you basis, which is vital to the whole. Process and letting go of whether or not your child joins you is an important first step. If you just even let them watch you, they will be impacted by watching someone else do deep breathing or do push ups or whatever it is that you do to calm your body. It'll have an overflow effect. And I think Lydia's got a fun story about that from her small group.
3: Yeah. So shout out to Tara from my small group. Her uh, her story that she shared was her her son was melting down, having a big meltdown. And um, she remembered this five finger breathing technique from the Sensitive and Intense Kids course. And she was like, hey, do you want to do uh, finger breathing with me? And five finger breathing is just where you use, you know, the finger of one hand to trace up and down the fingers of the other hand, you know, up the finger as you breathe in, kind of pause at the top and then trace down the finger as you breathe out. It's just kind of a giving a visual to some deep breathing. We talk about that more in the course. Anyway, and you go she through each finger, how- correct, Lydia? You go through each finger? Yes. Yep. Up I, and and down so what do you do finger. at the top of each finger? You would kind of pause and you can look around, kind of notice the other things you can hear or see or sense around you. It's just a way of kind of grounding and doing some deep breathing. Okay,
0: cool. I think parents would want to hear about that a little bit more. So good. Okay, keep going with your story.
3: So she asked her son, you want to do finger breathing with me? And he said, no. And she didn't panic. She said, that's okay. You can just watch me. And she just started doing the finger breathing. And she said, as, as I was doing the breathing, he did watch. And then he started to mirror my breathing. And he started tracing his fingers, too. Just realizing, hey, I, I didn't have to make him do anything. I could just model. And you could just hear her, the freedom uh, that she felt to accept, hey, we're, we're struggling right now. What can I do that could just come alongside my child?
0: I can model for him. And it was really powerful. So she didn't panic. She didn't want to control him or force him or take his hands and do it or anything like that. She just was calm and peaceful and said, okay, and started doing it herself.
2: Lynn, do you have any other kind of thoughts about that story? Just the, the heart change is at the bottom of all that. And that's really where we tap into the grace of God. It's like, I'm responsible to you for my behavior. I am not responsible to you for my child's behavior. And I receive your grace and peace for me right now in this moment. And that is part of the modeling process that you can even talk about with your child afterwards. You know, that time in the kitchen when we were both so mad at each other and I started taking deep breaths, I was breathing in God's peace. And breathing out God's grace to you. It's it's a powerful concept to start with.
3: And that clip that you shared at the top of this podcast, Stacey, that's from the same mom. So you can see mm-hmm. that deep heart work and how out of that flowed just this freedom to be present with her child and to come
0: alongside him to model when he was struggling. That's really good. Well, let's move on to the second principle. Lynn,
2: could you introduce that one? Yeah, there's certainly lots of tools that you can teach kids just about how their body works, uh, how to pay attention to their kind of their energy level rising up into toward fight or flight. We've got a, a free PDF of 50 calming ideas using each of the senses. You can teach the arousal state, you can teach the tools, but the point is to have fun while you're doing it. And if it all falls apart and kids are like, well, this is stupid, it's like, yeah, it was a little dumb today, wasn't it? We'll try something different tomorrow so that you get your ego out of it. And that's part of that recognizing, okay, my flesh is going to come in here and get mad at my kids if they don't love my activity. (laughs) No, that's why we gave
0: them 50, right? Lynn? (laughs) there's 50 calming (laughs) ideas, you know, it's not right for the moment, then go on to the next one. But I know I talked about that free PDF up in the intro, but you guys, it's available for you. So just tap through the show notes and you can download that for free
2: lighthearted, fun. That's when kids' frontal lobe is most engaged and their fight or flight system is most at rest. And so they're best able to begin to learn and gain the skills that they'll need when things are a little tougher and their frontal lobe is struggling a little more.
0: The principle is have fun while you're teaching. Do you have a story about that, Lydia? Oh, we've got a good story for you.
3: Danielle and her husband, Anthony, they did some really intentional work with their kids and they actually made paper toolboxes. So they had talked about the different energy levels and colors, you know, when you're maybe really upset or super excited, that's kind of red. And then when you're tired and slow, that's blue and green is, you know, more relaxed and alert. So they kind of talked about the different energy levels with their kids. And then they uh, talked through some of the calming tools and ideas like the ones in that PDF with their kids. And they actually, mom and dad made themselves paper toolboxes as well. And in their (laughs) toolboxes, they had all the colors and then they would list the tools for Things that they could do when they were in these different energy states and needing to transition to a different energy level. Just they,
0: one second, right there, Lydia, because I just I think people are like, "What is she?" Energy colors. Hey, all! All of that is explained in the sensitive and intense course, and it's really helpful because it's a way to see. How we're all interacting with each other and how we're feeling on a daily basis and even the ups and downs throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your these parents That's... made the toolbox even for yep. themselves. Yeah. Then what happened? So I think they had
3: their their little boy who was actually like bouncing on an exercise ball when they had the conversation with him and looked and showed the toolbox. And hey, what things should we put in each color on the toolbox? What would help you when you're feeling Blue. What would help you when you're feeling red? And so their kids chose the tools that they wanted to use for the different colors. And before mom and dad even, you know, laid this out for the kids, they demonstrated for a couple weeks using their own toolboxes. And well, that sounds like model, 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 model. I know, I know. They're
2: always moving.
3: <laughs> yeah. So they said by the time we we then rolled it out for the kids, they were eager. They had seen mom and dad try and fail. And that helped them see the process isn't always straightforward. So they said, you know, now the kids are starting to step into regulating themselves. What a gift. And they they don't even have to explain, you know, oh mom, I'm feeling a little angry. I think I might need to jump on the trampoline. They can point to a color and then point to a tool. And that just really simplified it and made it, you know, easier for the kids to grasp. And they had fun with this whole, like, I kind of want a paper toolbox myself, actually. That sounds really fun. I could
2: have used one this morning. (laughs) (laughs) We reconciled well, but I could have used one this morning.
3: (laughs) You know, Danielle, the mom said one thing that really stuck out to me. She said, you know, we're learning that all emotions are tools to help us discover something. We don't have to label them as good or bad. So such valuable teaching that they did for their kids with
0: this. So good. So I want to paint the picture so everyone kind of gets it. So they did this paper toolbox. They probably posted on the refrigerator or somewhere. And Mm -hmm. so then they modeled, ooh, I'm feeling red. And they went over and they pointed to it. And because they had already named, okay, when I'm red, one of my things that I could do is maybe go for a walk around the block. And Mm -hmm. so that's what the parent did. And so then when the kids were able to start implementing it in their lives, they could walk over and say, oh, I'm feeling red. I would rather go swing and swing set in the backyard. And wow. so they could, and they were talking about that and doing it. Is it, am I getting the gist of it all, Lydia? Yep,
3: you absolutely are. And you can kind of see how instead of this feeling like, oh, mom and dad are trying to get the kids to regulate. It felt mm-hmm. like a family project, like Mom and dad are doing this cool thing and now we get to do it too. So I think that's
0: just really key. I I love that a lot. I know it's important to talk about naming our emotions, but especially for younger kids that just, that's a lot of vocabulary, right? It just simplifies that, doesn't it? And helps the way that we're feeling to be okay in our everyday life, but we're recognizing what's going on inside of us and also recognizing what we need and teaching our kids to do that. That's really, really good. Okay, you guys, is this episode helpful for you and your parenting? Will you share it with a friend, even right now, maybe, as you're listening? And if you have another minute, it would be great if you could rate and review. Okay, we're going to go now to the third principle. And Lynn and Lydia surprised me, we have a bonus principle. So there is a fourth (laughs) coming you guys. There's one thing I know about Lynn, especially but Lynn and Lydia, they love giving extra resources to you. So that's what we're going to do today in this podcast. So let's go we have two,
2: two more then. so what is the third principle Lynn? Well, it's just to invite kids into the journey. And we say invite instead of like direct or command or anything like that. It's just like, hey, do you want to join me? So after lots of modeling and kids get the idea, okay, this isn't about control, then they're much more likely to accept that invitation. And if they don't, again, your peacefulness communicates, this is about my calming, not about my management of your behavior. So just a simple, hey, do you want to join me? Or let's go outside and, and walk in the garden together and see if we can find something cool. And that'll help us just feel better to solve our problems. So it can be as casual as that kind of a thing. But again, Lydia's got a great story from her small group.
3: Well, we're actually going to play you a a clip of this mom telling her own story and you're going to love it (laughs) because you'll just hear the humor and the animation. But this is Sarah telling the story of how she invited her kids to help her regulate, to give her some advice. And we're talking about a a busy family, dad's working a long shift and, and Sarah realized, I'm feeling a little upset myself. I need some regulation. And so we're gonna share her story of how she
1: invited her kids to step into brainstorming around regulation for her. Anyway, we were trying to, Tim was on shift. I had been trying to rest. Everybody had been melting down and I had to do the dishes and get stuff done like to move forward. And I was really, really agitated. And I thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna say this out. You know, I'm just going to try it. And I, and I was like, you know, I'm feeling really like I want to just break all of these dishes or cry or run away. And I can't do that. And I can't sit down and I can't go knit and I can't go to sleep. I have to do this task. Does anybody have any ideas of how I could get through it and like be able to do it? And you know, everybody was kind of like, and but then Joe, our oldest, our most intense one, she's like, and I was thinking this in my head, but I wasn't going to say it yet. She's like, Mom, maybe some music. And I was like, you know, I was thinking that that might help. Do you have any ideas? And she was like, what about Keith and Kristen Getty or Elaney? And I was like, those would be either of those would be really good. Which do you think? She's like, I think you probably need Elaney right now. I was like, would you help me get it on? So she went and put it on for me. She's like, you're going to have to share that in your class that I helped you regulate mom. Oh, I
2: love that story. And it's just such an example of leading with humility and grace and and even a little bit of humor. It's just connects your heart with your child so well.
3: Yeah. You know, Sarah also shared that doing her daughter's suggestion, listening to music really did minister to her heart as she did the dishes. And then she took some time later to go back to her daughter and share that with her and, and to thank her and, and to say, hey, that really was helpful for my, my brain, my body, and my heart. So that was really sweet as well.
0: I love that story. It, it just makes me feel like, well, I could see that mother-daughter relationship when they're both adults, you know? And how that carries through through the decades in that relationship, it's beautiful. Okay, here's the bonus principle
2: coming at you, everybody. The fourth one is Lynn. To affirm. And you kind of saw that at the end of Sarah's story. But the affirmation is powerful because it just gives such confidence to your kids that they are learning, they're growing, there's hope for them and their their intense emotions. And you'll see both the invitation and the affirmation in this, a couple of stories from a dad named Mitch. It's about their 10-year-old son, Sean. And he gets rowdy and aggressive with his brothers whenever he's tired or hungry. And they worked with him a lot with repetition about some choices when he got that way. And there's still times when he when he doesn't choose one of the three regulating activities they've agreed on but, you know, he's really starting to learn that. And so his choices are going outside to spend time with our puppy Baker, taking a shower while listening to an audiobook. what a good creative combination, or a walk or tractor ride with Dad and recently you know about 7 out of 10 times he's able to choose one of those activities and sometimes even initiate and he's agreed that if he can't make a choice dad'll help him make a choice but recently after dinner he started to get silly and rowdy with his brothers and and Mitch asked him hey Sean what does your body need right now Sean smiled and said excitedly oh i'm going to go see baker and out he went After Sean came back in, Mitch said, hey, buddy, I noticed that you realized what your body needed and you took care of it. Way to go. You also protected your relationship with me and your brothers. They did a fist pump. Sean smiled and said, thanks. So that was Mm. his
0: 10-year-old. I love that story, Lynn, because, you know, the story Lydia had talked about, they had done the prep work to do the paper toolbox, but this family maybe hadn't, but they still had some of the language around it. So they had, they had still come up with, hey, here's some options that they knew and their son knew. I mean, come on, there's nothing better than going and cuddling a puppy, right? Right, Lydia?
3: (laughs) I know you have a puppy in your house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I loved, I just loved too, just seeing, how Sean responded to that invitation hey, what does your body need right now? instead of feeling shame instead of becoming you know upset, he smiled and was excited to make his choice which tells you that there's been a lot of encouragement about this that, that this isn't something that he's feeling pressured. this is truly feeling like an invitation from dad who's who's for him
2: mm-hmm. yeah for sure and that's so important. And these guys, they really have a household. And they also have a five-year-old who feels like he needs to boom his brothers. Boom is a.k.a. pound on my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're talking
0: about the same family, another child in the family.
2: Yes, the younger okay. brother. This is the youngest. Right. And they've agreed on three choices swinging from his bunk bed. I like hung a little swing from the bunk bed, playing the pillow toss game. We actually have a post about that with a picture of Lydia's son. You can see it in the show notes and booming the sofa instead of his brother's. So recently he's begun to choose swinging from his bed on his own. The other day, Mitch found him swinging and said, Hey, buddy, what you doing? Joey grinned and replied, I'm swinging. I was going to boom my brothers, but I decided to swing instead. <laughs> and here comes the affirmation part. Mitch said, wow, way to go, Joey. You protected your relationship with your brothers and you gave your body what it needed. That must feel good. Notice he said it in terms of Joey's experience, not like pat, pat, pat you on the head because now you did what I wanted you to, but that must feel good to your heart to protect your relationship with your brothers and give your body what it needed. You see the important shift in perspective there? It's it's really about growing that internal discernment of it feels good to make a wise choice. Joey beamed and continued swinging. And then Mitch and his his wife kind of summarized it. They said, our boys eat up the affirmation we give them when they make a good decision. It's helping them build a sense of identity as confident problem solvers, rather than seeing themselves as helpless victims of their wild whims to boom their brothers or whatever else. So that affirmation, that's the special sauce that's gonna, that can really encourage your kids and just help them grow in these important skills.
3: So good. I love that. Identity as confident problem solvers.
0: It speaks to the shift that we talk about in so much of what we do at Connected Families, that we are working to grow wisdom in our kids so that they can be a blessing in the world. We are blessed to be a blessing.
2: It's just a joy and a privilege to come alongside overwhelmed parents, they're doing their best with these sensitive and intense kids and just encourage them with God's grace and truth for them. We're just, I know Lydia feels the same way.
3: Oh, yeah. And you know, all of these amazing stories from today, these are parents who jumped into this sensitive and intense kids course, and they found that confidence, that creativity to step back and realize God's with us, we're going to grow through this. And I just hope that parents see that, like we we can step into that confidence, that creativity with our kids. These are just a bunch of everyday families, just like me and Lynn and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stacy, figuring things out with the
0: Lord as we lead our kiddos. Thank you, Lynn and Lydia, for being with us today and just blessing us all with your wisdom and wonderful stories of people that you worked with. Don't forget that right now is the once-a-year discount on the Sensitive and Intense Kids online course. Tap through to the show notes to get all of the information. We are a listener-supported organization. Over 50,000 parents, like you, listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.